Hello, hello, and hello, everybody! Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? In today's episode, I have such an honor to have our guest, Marcos Gutierrez. He is not only someone I really inspired, but also a friend. And sometimes we joke that we are the brother from the different mother. Marcos is a people leader. He is leading four different businesses、uh, for over twenty years with significant success. He moved from Mexico City when he was three and built an entire life here in Austin, Texas. One thing I admire most about him is his integrity, his love to his people, and the commitment to always do the right thing. Without everybody, I am super, super excited. Thank you so much, Marcus, for joining us, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Wen. I'm super excited to be here.、Um, you know, we've gotten to know each other past few months with our group, and I'm super excited to be, you know, and honored to be here with you. And and we've had a few talks about our stories, and you know, I think you know we have a very common ground when when we think about our every, every person's story.、Mm-hmm. Every person's story is very significant, and I'm always. And inspired to listen to other people's stories and to tell mine. So happy、yes. to be here. So tell us, how does your story, how does your journey begin?、Uh, my journey begins.、Uh, it's for my journey. It's all about one word, and that's family.、Mm. Um, my journey begins with my father emigrating、mm. from Mexico to the U.S. to go to school.、Uh, he was coming to the U.S. to get his master's degree. I'm not sure why he chose Austin, but so to this day he doesn't know the answer why he chose Austin, but he did. Um, he, so he came to the U.S. for six months to, to work on his master's and to learn English.、Mm-hmm. Um, after six months, he really loved Austin,、mm. and he invited the rest of us—me, my mother, and my two sisters at that time—to、uh, come to Austin and to learn English、um, and to try it out just、mm-hmm. for six months.、Mm. And then, you know, forty years later, we're still here. <laughs> wow! So it's all started with family. You know, family making a、uh, move to Mexico to, to, to Austin. And trying the American way of life, you know,、mm-hmm. so to speak. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey.、Um, as far as business, my after my father finished、um, his school, he started a business doing accounting. He was in a CPA in Mexico, and he started doing accounting for various entities here in Austin,、uh, law, um, uh, accounting firms, and doing architecture firms, engineering firms,、mm-hmm. and helping them with their accounting. And eventually, somebody. In the '80s, right when computers were barely coming around, ask him to install accounting software on a computer and、mm-hmm. get it working.、Um, so, being the entrepreneur mindset, of course, is go buy a computer and figure out how to do it yourself instead of, instead of hiring somebody to do it. Right.、Mm-hmm. So, I still remember to this day my dad coming home with his first computer、uh, when he went to buy it in the single. Computer store there was in Austin back in the day. There was only one store in Austin that sold computers. Wow! And he went to that store, bought a computer, came into our house with a computer. We're like,、mm-hmm. what is this thing you brought home? Wow!、Um, and and locked himself in in the room in our house and figured out how to build a computer and how、mm-hmm. to install accounting software and how to set it up to actually do bookkeeping and, and accounting. So it was. How a, old were you at the time? Oh man, how old was I at that time? Six, six, that was probably、ten. in the. I was probably. Ten years old, maybe、mm-hmm. a little less than ten years old, probably、yeah. eight years old, somewhere、mm-hmm. around there. So he did that, installed it,、uh, got it, got it working, and the client was very happy. And he recommended him to somebody else. And of course, again, the entrepreneur mindset: not only can I install this for you, but I can also sell you the computer.、Mm. Right. So it became not just accounting. Now you're selling hardware.、Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, back then, again, there wasn't a lot of people that were installing computers or even mm -hmm. selling them. Mm -hmm. So he became a computer reseller. Wow. And started selling computers bundled with accounting systems. And then it just became selling computers and selling computers. And it was just him, my mother, um, for that family business, and then a technician selling computers, building them. And it grew from there. Mm -hmm. My summers when I was 10, 11 years old were spent building computers and come to the family business and help and work. And we got to build computers. So I was building computers when I was a very young age. Wow. Uh, so I was very much a technology Mm -hmm. technology kid growing up and you know mm -hmm. just that was always my life i didn't have a lot of summer vacations it was summer vacation at work and come and learn and you know follow people around and mm -hmm. and it was also a part of my leadership training right was as i was i was really young my father very intuitively uh took me along with him at every single customer meeting mm -hmm. every client meeting i was there alongside him i was you know the little snotty nosed kid in the corner you know coming into this client meeting and i was just listening Right. My dad sat me down and mm -hmm. this is before iPads and cell phones. Right. I would just sit there and, and, and listen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's I retrospectively going back and looking at that now, I can I realize that that was obviously on purpose, but realize mm -hmm. the intent my dad had by bringing me along and, mm -hmm. and listening in and soaking up as much knowledge. And, you know, as far as being in those type of environments, those type of meetings, negotiations, those are the things that I just, you know, just by being in that room, I was able to listen to and get a handle on and kind of, you know, my leadership training, you know, so to speak, started at a very young age mm -hmm. uh, doing that. So that was a lot of my childhood was involved in, in the family business. My mm -hmm. dad worked a lot, um, despite that he was always around for all all family events. And I was active in, in soccer and karate. And he was always mm -hmm. alongside me every, every single competition, every single practice. And somehow he made it work. Wow. Somehow he made it work. So that was kind of the initiation mm -hmm. of my my leadership training at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And how does that experience shaping you today, Marcus? You mentioned that your father was such an innovator, right? He came into this new country just learning to speak English, but yet he had the ambition to be an entrepreneur, create some value and bring an innovative way of thinking to his businesses and at the same time cultivate such a family business for you and your entire family. How does that, how does that experience shaping you as who you are today? Um, it, it, it's, it took me a while, a few years to realize kind of, oh, this is what he was doing, mm -hmm. right? To kind of put a understand exactly why he did it and how he did it. It mm -hmm. took me a lot of years, a lot, a lot of years to understand mm -hmm. his thought process and his intent. Without him telling me flat out, it took me a long time to realize, okay, this is why he did this. This mm -hmm. is why he did this. And all these things that he did when I was a kid collectively mm -hmm. came together as like, as, as like, okay, this is the person that he envisioned me to be. So do you want to be that person? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. You know, and, and still to this day, my, my driving force, you know, one of my biggest driving forces is to, you know, make my dad proud of, of what he wanted me to do and what I've, you know, been able to accomplish to this point. So it's definitely shaped the way I think. I mean, mm -hmm. I've never had a job mm -hmm. that was not for working for myself. Mm -hmm. So it's always been the family business and I've never had to go look for a job. Even when I was in college, I knew I had a job going out, mm -hmm. you know, that had its own, that had its own repercussions. You know, I didn't, that didn't, didn't fully immerse myself as much as I should have in my studies, but, you know, uh, but still working the family business was life, uh, not just for me, for my sisters as well mm -hmm. and my mother. And we all worked there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very much changed and been the way I define myself. My life is 
the family business. What does family mean for you, and why is it so important? Um, I mean, my father, you know, from the very beginning, you know, he he built this, you know, if you could call it legacy. Um, might be a big word, but the, you know, the legacy is for the family, for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and still to this day, he said it's for my kids and for my grandkids. You know, for the, for everybody to hopefully have a place where they can come and work and learn and mm-hmm. get real life experiences at a very young age that will help them carry them mm-hmm. throughout college, throughout you know their first careers and and whatnot. And and it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work. Our family, our office is my sisters, my brother in laws. I mean, we're all there. We're all there. It's and it's. Despite the family challenges and the family dynamics, it's a beautiful thing, you know. In the summertime, we have I have now some nieces and nephews that are mm-hmm. you know in in junior high and high school, mm-hmm. and now they're there on the mm-hmm. summer times, just like I was when I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful to see kind of my father's dream of having a true family business that mm-hmm. lasts beyond himself, mm-hmm. kind of keep happening, mm-hmm. you know. And I know it's very early now with, with our nephews and nieces being so young, and my daughters are still really young too. And then eventually, you know, I would love for them to be there and, and work in the summertime and start getting some real, real, real world experience, real life experiences that can help them、mm-hmm. later on in life. So it's 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 beautiful. I love that. Create a big love、mm-hmm. for the entire family come to succeed together. And you know, as someone that you know running a family business, how do you see about the challenges maybe involved with? The family dynamic and also the businesses, right? I'm imagining our listeners are thinking about co-founders or having a, you know,、uh, their friends or family join the business. How would you,、um, what would like to share about that? It's、uh, it's a very difficult balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, my parents did it from very very early.、Mm-hmm. You know, they were able to balance work life、mm-hmm. and step out of work life and be a family.、Mm-hmm. And we 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 had to learn how to do it for many years. It was. Okay, so、work. how? It, for many years, we had to work on being at work and going home, and my parents still talking about work.、Mm-hmm. And there was some issues. There was some family strife when when that happened.、Mm-hmm. And eventually, we learned. Hey, you know what? From eight to five, or from work hours, we're、mm-hmm. we're business associates. When we get out of here, we're family.、Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it and it worked. You know, we were all worked together. We had fights, of course, like any family would.、Mm-hmm. We had disagreements. We had issues. We had arguments. But、mm-hmm. when we left for the when we left for the day, we left it at the office.、Mm-hmm. You know, even before the you know before the pandemic, we would work together every single day,、mm-hmm. all of us, including my parents. And then at on the weekend, you know, we'd go hang out together at somebody's house and do barbecue or something. We just it was natural for us. You know, we、mm-hmm. we work together and we hang out together, and、mm-hmm. it's not easy to make it work.、Um, mm-hmm. It's not easy at all, but. We've been able to accomplish it, you know. Even now, with with you know, with additional extended family, the brother in laws、mm-hmm. working there, it's you know they've. I think I I think I can say they finally、uh, have become accustomed to it, and and you know there's the, there's pluses and minuses, you know, pros and cons of all that, and it's just a balance. It's a balance.、Mm-hmm. So, but it definitely takes a whole team、mm-hmm. to make it work. So, incredible, wow,、um, and Marcus, you know, grew up in this. Environmental,、uh, entrepreneurial envi- environment. Growing up with your dad, your family. Do you always know you want to be an entrepreneur as well, or do you never question that? That's just a path for you. I've never questioned it.、Mm. I've never questioned it. I've, I truly love coming to the office every day.、Mm-hmm. I love dealing with problems,、mm-hmm. and I love dealing with people.、Mm. My my father, you know, he's very charismatic. You know, I as、imagine. I was sitting in these meetings, he was at as a young kid. I saw his charisma, his persona come out, and how he handled people, and those skills 
translated to me, you know, naturally, I guess, I hope mm -hmm. I, I could say that, you know, just dealing with people and, and getting, you know, be able to, to get to tune into people's mm -hmm. reactions and their personalities and being emotionally intelligent mm -hmm. were one of the key skills that I learned from my father. And, you know, still to this day, they're very important to me. What's your advice? Um, deal with people because we are so different. Oh, man, that's a, that's a very <laughs> loaded question. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm very big on people's stories. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, when I interview somebody, mm -hmm. the first thing I tell them is, tell me about yourself. What's your story? Where are you from? Mm -hmm. You know, it's never about career, education, where you, you know, what did you do with the previous job? You know, it's always about, tell me about yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, more than anything, I want to know people's stories. Mm -hmm. And those stories help you really tune into that person and build a lasting bond. Mm -hmm. You know, so understanding their story, understanding their, their struggles they had in life, how they mm -hmm. overcame them. Mm -hmm. And that tells you a lot about people. You know, the way you tell your story, you know, you have amazing stories when, you know, and how you... How you tell your story, you tell it in a positive light. You know, very many people in, in the world can take that story that you had that was a very, you know, a big struggle for you and make that a reason or an excuse. Mm. Right. But what did you do? You made it a, a reason for something positive. And the way you flip the script and tell that story says a lot about a person. So people that tell me, you know, oh, yeah, I had this other job, but I couldn't get it because I had this issue personally. You know, those are people, those are unfortunately people that I don't usually hire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That people that tell me their struggles, I had this issue, but then this is how I overcame it and I was able to succeed. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the ones that I want, mm. right? People that use their stories as a platform to be better, mm. not to something that holds them down. You know, and that, mm. those are the those are the key things I look at, attributes I look at for new new employees. Mm. And yeah, it's just talking to people and knowing their stories, knowing their struggles. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the most important thing. I try to know a little bit about everybody's story and everybody's life of our employees. Mm. And I still sit down with each one of them and you know sit there and just talk to them. You know, it's it's very important. Instead of keeping it just so, you know, business related, you gotta you gotta understand people from from their core. Mm. You are such a people leader, Marcus. <laughs> That's just who you are. And I love that you said about you know flipping the script. My personal opinion is the ability to flip the script. And seeing the life as you want to be, rather than play the victim and seeing what, or hoping what could have been, I think that is a huge power. Yeah, it's very, very important. Now it's you taking important. ownership of the life that you are creating mm -hmm. is not up to anybody's or anyone's fault in that way. Yeah, and in the struggles we've had in life, you and I mm -hmm. have kind of maybe forced that mindset mm -hmm. on us, you know, other people. You know, not their not that their struggles aren't as bad as ours, mm -hmm. but you know they're they have different things in life, right? Their mm -hmm. struggles might not, might seem minuscule to us, but to them they're they're big, mm -hmm. right? And putting not not comparing them, but putting them those struggles in a frame of that individual person's life, mm -hmm. right? And not comparing my struggle to your struggle. Mm -hmm. Everyone's struggle is is means more to them than you think. We all have our own journey. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And speaking about struggles, I'm curious, Marcus, what are the biggest maybe challenges or struggle you personally being through that shape who you are today as a leader? So um, the story I've, I've, I've probably told you in the past was when, when I was in high school, I had a, a, uh, a severe disease that put me in the hospital for two years. Um, I was 17. I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I was in my second year in high school. And I, my kidneys failed. 
Uh, when that happened, I was literally in high school one day, and three days later, I was in the hospital on dialysis. Wow. From being a very active, very athletic person, doing a lot of soccer, a lot of karate, to being literally in a hospital bed on dialysis with my kidneys failing three days later was really hard on me. Mm -hmm. um, I did struggle a lot asking myself when I was, you know, this I was 15 then, asking myself why. Like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, what happened? You know, I had all these abilities physically and, and athletic and, and, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, dying, literally dying in, in a bed in the hospital. Um, and just unknown virus wasn't hereditary. It was completely out of nowhere. Um, but again, family, mm. family was, was there with me. And it was a lot of faith as well. You know, faith that this was the path that was given to me. And, mm. you know, you follow your path. And my mother was there the entire time with me. And she, with, because of her, I made it out of that. I wouldn't have made it out without my mother. She was there the entire time with me for two years, uh, living in a different city. We lived in Galveston mm. at that time, just my mother and I, because I was in the hospital and trying to deal with you know my sickness. Mm. Um, so it took me about two years to get out of that uh, situation. Um, eventually, I did get a transplant mm -hmm. um, two years later, and I was able to come back to school and, and continue my life and move back to Austin. Uh, but that drastically changed the way um, I think about my life. How? To realize that the small things don't matter, mm. right? And um, put things in perspective. Um, for many years, a lot of a lot of things wouldn't stress me out, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I was living. You know, nothing could be as bad as not living. Wow! So it really Powerful. put things as as in perspective for me. And you know, and it, it I think it, you know, sad to say now I went through that, but it really shaped the way I approach people. And you know, it's also part of my my personal growth of, of my mindset and it's all part of kind of the climax of all the different things that I, this, the skills I learned from my father, the skills, the skills, I would call it skills. I, I learned from my sickness, mm. all those things coming together, you know, are part of part of me, part of my package, right? This is how, this mm -hmm. is how I was, this is how I was made, you know, all those things come together in, you know, and I think they make a nice little package. <laughs> mm. If you have this magic wand, you can go back any time, change anything you want in your life. Would you change anything? I wouldn't change anything at all. When it's such a challenging, I would not change anything at all. I, you know, I'm many years later on. I I looked at my sickness and that all the things that happened, and I saw it as a blessing. I saw it as a blessing. It, you know, why? It shaped the way I think. Mm. It shaped completely the way I think. You know, mm. I take medications every day. I. Mm think about life in a different way. I'm a lot healthier in the way I eat, the way mm -hmm. I, you know, maintain myself physically. Um, it's about me staying healthy always. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had my transplant now 28 years mm -hmm. now. So, you know, being able to maintain that for 28 years Incredible. is not an easy task. Most mm -hmm. transplants don't last that long, but, you know, that's in the wow. back of my mind always is maintaining myself healthy. And, mm -hmm. and I have been, mm -hmm. you know, so that's just... My mind, my mind is shaped around one staying healthy, mm -hmm. and then keep the business going and my family happy. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's those are the things that shape me. And so without that, I think I wouldn't be as as um, as structured and as strict with mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. So wow. I, so I, I I think of it as a blessing now. It take hard lesson to hard lesson to learn, but you know it was. Now I see it as as something that obviously helped mm -hmm. form the way my mind works. 
it takes a lot of courage to re-embody that hardship, that almost identity shift in that such a young age and embody whoever come your way and saying yes and still moving forward. That says a lot about you as a leader. Yes, those things and, and also in businesses, you always have setbacks too, right? So you mm-hmm. always have problems in business, especially once you have, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 employees. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that happen every single day, you know, and all those <laughs> all those things, you know, it, are minuscule at this point compared to, mm-hmm. you know, just being able to live and having mm-hmm. a life. It's um, beautiful. So at the end of the day, all those things don't really matter to me. I mean, I matter, the employees matter and all that, but... Mm-hmm. The most important thing is is to be healthy for me, mm. right? So that's what drives me every day. Incredible. And, you know, speaking about, you know, you have 150 plus employees, right? There's a lot of things happen on a daily basis. And you mentioned those are not as important as able to live, which is true. But is there any moment that you're like, darn, this is so hard. Like, I don't know if I want to go back to office tomorrow. Do you ever have those moments? And if so, how do you move forward from that moment? What, what will keep you going? Honestly, I've never had that moment. <gasps> I've never had that moment where I don't want to go to work. Mm. Um, and, and it's about the people. Mm. It's about the people. I feel accountable to the people that work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, accountable to their families. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hire them on, bring them in and try to build something together. So I never feel like I've never felt like I don't want to go to the office. Mm. I want to go every single day. Um I'm excited to go every single day, despite all the problems we have with any running any business. I still excited every day to work there. Uh, one of the things because people that I hire, people that I get along with, mm-hmm. you know, I get along with them. A lot of them I've been to their houses, I've met their families, mm-hmm. I've you know, they're considered them friends. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been there 10, 15, 18 years with us, and mm-hmm. you know, they're we run our business very much in family mindset because a lot of families there. Yeah, you know, my sisters are there, my my brother in laws are there. We have mm-hmm. we have people in our in our companies that have their own families there they have their dad and their sons and their mm. uncles and they're all there mm-hmm. and so it's very much a family family mindset mm. so yeah i love i love going to the office every day still to mm. this day there's never never a day that i don't want to go that's that's amazing wow um marcus what do you think is your superpower in other words what made you success uh, i tell I, I i tell people sometimes that i'm not the best businessman <laughs> I don't think I make the best decisions sometimes business-wise, but I do know people. Mm. I do know people, and I can tune in to almost anybody mm-hmm. um, to kind of really get into them and figure out how they work and mm-hmm. and really build something together with somebody and mm-hmm. build some loyalty, build the bond, mm-hmm. and build a relationship with almost anybody. And I would if, if I could consider myself having a quote-unquote superpower, I, like I tell people sometimes is I know people. And that's very powerful. What do you know about people? I like talking to people. You know, <laughs> I like talking to people to get to know them and yeah. understanding their story and really connecting with them, right? And you've seen a little bit of that in how I connect people. And, you know, people at my office can tell you the same thing. I, mm-hmm. I make it a point to connect with them. Mm-hmm. And I like, it's not just I don't do it just for business purposes. I do it because I actually, mm-hmm. you know, legitimately like knowing of people's stories because mm-hmm. it's a very important you know you I think you have a, a much greater appreciation mm-hmm. for somebody once you know their their story and their struggles mm. wow you are a true people leader what inspired you who inspired me what inspired you ah uh, it's family again 
family is, is, is a de facto answer in this because it's all about my father. Yeah. My father teaching me and, you know, me trying to mm. copy him and, you know, and, and, and be like him as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know that your father influenced you or impact you, you know, greatly. Can you summarize the top three lessons that your father passed on to you that you felt like is such a treasure and you want to pass to your daughters one day? The top three lessons my dad, my father taught me. Um, number one is leadership. Mm. Leadership. At a very young age, I was following along with him, mm -hmm. customer meetings, um, working in the business. And as the owner's son, mm -hmm. you know, you have a natural you're setting the example naturally, mm -hmm. you know, organically without even, you know, somebody, if you're there at the office, somebody expects you to be great. Mm. Right. So there was a lot of expectation on me to not just be, you know, the spoiled owner's son to actually go there and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that was one lesson I learned really quickly. You know, I'm not just here to, you know, to goof around. Mm -hmm. I got to actually hear and learn and provide a, a value. Mm -hmm. To the business and also be a leader mm. so that was you know being a leader and having leadership in on you know in in the office training mm. was was very important to me that's the number one lesson he taught me was leadership and then also at a very young age i was my dad put me in karate and there was a lot of discipline involved in karate and i remember at one age he he told me to quit i wanted to quit because i was bored with it i was like i'm bored of karate i kind of just quit he's like no, you started it. You're going to finish it. And he didn't let me quit. And I moved, I kept going with karate and I actually became a, an instructor. Oh. And I taught kids and adults mm. when I was 12 years old. I was teaching adults karate. So I was running classes, of, running karate classes when I was a very young age. And mm. that was a huge part of my leadership training because I was literally running classes with 20, 25 people when I was 12. How? So just... Being in that environment, you know, being karate so long, you know how the class should flow. Mm -hmm. And I was put in position very early mm -hmm. to run classes. So that was a huge part of my leadership training that was, you know, mm. part of my, I guess my dad didn't let me quit. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't let me quit. And, and, and that's what I did. Would and you say that to your daughter as well? Absolutely. If she want to quit. Absolutely. Uh, she wants to quit some, I have my two daughters sometimes want to quit some activities they do. I said, you can quit, but you got to go tell the coach why. You got to go tell the coach why you want to quit. And you got to suck it up and have an honest conversation with them and go do it. And do they do that? No, they keep going. They keep going. Because telling them, telling the coach is hard? It's, I mean, it's, it's being owning up to your, you know, your, your, your reasons and your decisions, mm, right? Take ownership, yeah. Take ownership of your decisions, be accountable for your decisions. And I think that's a very important lesson. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that my, you know, my wife and I agree on. If you, if you don't want to go to soccer today, or you don't want to go to, to whatever activity you want to do, mm -hmm. go tell the coach why, you know, and you, if you, you got to push. Life is going to give you things you don't like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you want to quit, it's fine, but you got to go tell them, go give me a reason why and go tell the coach why. Mm. And that's a huge lesson that my daughters know now. Mm. And one that my dad instilled in me. Um, mm. Luckily, my wife agrees with that lesson. <laughs> or we would have another discussion. But no, uh, that's a very important lesson for me is, you know, if you, stay, if you start something, mm -hmm. finish it. Love that. Right. So that's one of the, probably the second mm -hmm. lesson my dad taught me is, if you're going to start something, finish it. Mm -hmm. And the last one, you know, the most, one probably... 
maybe the most important one, I probably should have made this one first, is treat people right. Mm. If you can help somebody, help them. That's what that means. Many years, you know, employees would come to me, hey, I have this issue, you know, I'm, you know I, need to, I need to pay this off or I, I, need, I need to buy a house, I'm trying to buy a car, my family's in this situation. And my, I, was, I would always, when I was younger, I would go to my dad and ask him, hey, this person's coming to me. He's like, can you help them? I said, yes, then help them. So it was, it was always, if you can help somebody, help them. And treat people right. Those are, you know, I guess that's four lessons, but <laughs> if you can help somebody, help them. That's always, the, always. Do you, you ever can. make a wrong decision on that? Sometimes. sometimes. And that's okay with you? Sometimes, but if you help them at that moment, it's okay. You know, it makes me sleep well at night that, you know, my employees or people that work with us know they can come to me with issues mm -hmm. and we'll take care of them, right? And that's, again, part of knowing their story. Wow. And building a bond with them and you build tremendous loyalty that way because mm. we take care of people. You know, we. my dad always told me, If you can help them, help them. You're such a great leader, so. Marcus. I don't think many people can say that. <laughs> I appreciate that. One day, when we all die, what do you want your capstone to say? That's very funny you asked that. I thought about that the other day. Oh. And, and trying to figure out the legacy that I'm going to leave when I pass to, to another life. And, and it's very simple. You know, I want to be remembered for taking care of the people taking care of people, you know, and hopefully inspiring others. Mm. You know, I think my journey is not complete. Mm -hmm. I have other aspirations in life that I want to take care of later on in life. And, Such you know, as? I want to teach. Mm. I want to teach at a university level when I, eventually. Mr. Professor, we can yeah. see that in you. I want to be a professor at an MBA school mm. and, and pass on some of the charisma and skills that I've acquired and and hopefully inspire others to do the same mm, um, so that's one of the one of my visions I have in the next five years five-year plan to mm -hmm. hopefully be able to do that and I still I love teaching you know I, I was a teacher like I mentioned to you very early on as a karate mm -hmm. kid, a karate student mm -hmm. you know a karate teacher when I was 12 and teaching I love teaching you know I've had employees that we guide that we mentor that mm -hmm. I, I love doing that mm -hmm. you know if if When I when I tell when I mention that I love going to work every day, I love mentoring others mm -hmm. and watching people grow, and watching them come in and come in as one person, and grow and grow and grow, to where they can leave somewhere else mm -hmm. and be so much better than, than they were than when they got there. Mm. And if they leave, that's fine. Leave. I will not be sad at all. I mean, I'll be sad, but I won't be upset. I'll be proud. How do you be so self? Fish less, selfless. Yes, oh, that's a fancy word. I mean, that's that's <laughs> like again, that's me. If you can treat people right, yeah, and you can help them, mm. not not always monetarily, mm. right? You help them mm. obviously with money, but you can also help them in a different ways. Mm. So I, I I have employees I've told now, hey, I want you for five years. After five years, I better not see you here because you deserve better. Mm. Go somewhere else. I'll get you there. But wow. after five years, you need to go somewhere else and make. I mean, you know. Not even make more money, but have a different job. And do they leave? Sometimes. Sometimes. Wow. And I help them. I help them get there. This is what you want to be. Go get it. But how do you not get slightly, I don't want to say annoying, but it's someone that you fostered the talent in your company and then now she or he move on. It's helping people. It's helping people attain something better that. for themselves. And you know, I, mm. I mean, some, I mean, I, I, you know. My brother-in-law is is uh, I work with him a lot, and he's taught me one thing: is you know, build something, 
and train people and build them up so they can leave anytime mm -hmm. and be successful. Mm -hmm. But build it so well mm -hmm. that they don't want to leave. Oh, I love my, that second my, part. My brother-in-law taught me that. Yeah, he's uh, one thing I really, really uh, focused in on recently is, mm -hmm. you know, build it so well that they can, they're prepared to go anywhere else, but they don't want to. Do you ever hold grudges? No, I've never held grudges. Um, another lesson my, my father taught me was, you know, never make enemies. Say one more thing. Never make enemies. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. Life is too short. Mm. Don't make enemies. It's not worth it. And was it easy to implement? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have people that have done me wrong and, you know, and we just, you know, <laughs> let them go, let them go fire them and move mm -hmm. on. And sometimes they even come back. You got to remove the grudges. At the end of the day, it's business mm -hmm. and they're people. You know, they have reasons for doing what they're doing. Maybe they need something else more than you can provide. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I try not to never hold grudges. That is That's hard. Easy said. It's done. very much easier said than done. Wow. I'm inspired by you every single day. <laughs> Thank you. Marcus, what is one thing that most people don't know about you, but you wish they, they know? I mean, a lot of people don't know my history about my sickness. Mm. Um, that's not something I, I tell a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously people I work with, they know that. Um, but that's, that's a big part of what shaped my life. You know, mm -hmm. People that know me day to day, Mm -hmm. They know it, but people that I talk to outside of day to day, they, they don't know that story. Mm -hmm. um, that's a very personal story for me. And, mm -hmm. you know, it shaped my life tremendously. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it takes some time to get into that story. <laughs> mm -hmm. So sometimes I don't have as much time with somebody to really, you know, mm -hmm. or have a reason to tell them that story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, that's mm -hmm. one thing a lot of people don't know about me. Mm. What would you wish your younger self know? Well, if you want to share some advice with him back then, what would you tell him? Man, <laughs> it's a hard question. Um, this is a weird answer, but it would be spend more time with my dad. Mm -hmm. Learn as much as him from learn as much from him as you can. Even though I did, mm -hmm. I wasn't cognizant of that uh, requirement, so to speak. I wasn't cognizant mm -hmm. that I should have done that mm -hmm. until later in life. Right when you're young, mm -hmm. you know you you know everything. Mm -hmm. You don't want to listen to your father. Um, <laughs> you know that lesson as well. And for me, it was you know it, I would I. I cherish every minute I have my father right now when mm -hmm. I get to, you know, meet with him for coffee every week or two, we meet for coffee, breakfast and stuff like that. And I cherish those moments a lot. Mm. You know, he tells me, am I giving you too much information? I was like, no, I, I, I love hearing it. Like I, I miss, miss the fact that I didn't take advantage of those more often when I was younger. Does he know that he's your oh, yeah. hero? 100%. Doesn't make you happy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. Do you want to cultivate the same relationship with you and your two beautiful daughters? Uh, some of it, some of it, yes. Uh, I think the relationship with my dad had with his kids is 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 really good. It's a little different. He we were um, he held some things um, to his own that um, we try not to do with with our kids, um, but nothing major. Um, yeah, yeah. The relationship is very similar. Mm. But you mentioned when you grew up. The path for you sort of laid out already, and you just loving it. You like forging forward. Do you see that for your daughters? Do you also have expectation for who she are growing into? Uh, it's different. Um, obviously, I'm of Mexican descent, and much like the Asian descent, Asian uh, kind of lineage, it's it's very much a patriarch kind of you know um, culture. So it was you know I'm the only son. Mm -hmm. So it was very much me, 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 me. 
Um, and I have two girls, right? So I'm a girl dad with two girls. I don't have any sons. But even more the reason to push them harder and make sure they understand, hey, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're a girl. You can do everything the boys can do. I better. love that. Yeah, so it's very, that's very important for me is for, the, for them to know that, you know, you're more important. You're as, as important as any other boy. And I make sure that they know that. Are you their hero? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Sometimes. <laughs> Do they tell you Depends that? on what time you they ask, you ask them. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to meet them 10, 15 years down the road and just hear them, their story. Yeah, they have, they have, they have their own amazing stories, right? I and, bet. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wish I could tell you that I'm their hero all the time. <laughs> and maybe sometimes I'm their hero. <laughs> yeah. And Marcus, you spent most of life in Austin, right? Yeah, I've been in Austin since I was three years old, yeah. And how do you see that shift of the culture when, I mean, you come here when you're three years old, and of course your father built an entire family or business here, but do you always see yourself as American? Or was it difficult transition when you first come here? Imagine you probably don't even speak English or have yeah, friends or I neighbors. Mean, was I, that challenging for you? I imagine much like you, I was, uh, I was too Mexican to be American and too American to be Mexican, right? Oh my God. Yeah, it was kind of stuck in the middle. Mm. So it was, you know, I wouldn't say it's an identity crisis because it's mm -hmm. America, it's a melting pot, right? So, mm -hmm. but it was always, I was either not Mexican enough or not American enough. Was so, it hard for you? No, nah, I don't, I wouldn't say it was hard. I mean, it was the obvious, Yeah. you know, those days, you know, the stereotyping, you know, the, I wouldn't say racism, but stereotyping was, was big mm -hmm. still to this day. Um, but I've never let that hold me down. Mm. I've never been affected by it. I embrace it. What I'm would you different. tell your daughter? Because they are also, yeah, right? Yeah, my, my daughter, my wife is Indian, I'm Mexican, and, you know, they're also, you know, mixed babies, and, mm -hmm. you know, and they embrace it. I, I It's 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 tough. It's mm -hmm. tough. You know, we live in a in an area where, where it's not as diverse as we would like, but, you know, we, we embrace it. I make sure they mm -hmm. they know where they came from, and they know their name, and they that they're, they know their differences, and know that it doesn't matter. You know, their differences are what makes them beautiful. I love that. What does American dream mean for you, Marcus? The American dream for me is uh, is seeing opportunity and actually being able to go for it. Mm -hmm. If I see an opportunity in America, I feel it's maybe easier to go after those dreams or opportunities than mm -hmm. in other countries. Um, like I have a vision of being able to be a professor, mm -hmm. right? I feel that's easier in the U.S. And so be able to, being able to pivot I think in the U.S. is mm. the American dream, mm. right? We have presidents who weren't in politics before, and mm. you know, and for what maybe not, maybe not the best example, but you know, that's pivoting. So being able to pivot, I think, is is the American dream, and you know, and of course, leaving leaving a legacy mm. for I the family. For folks who want to start a business or maybe right now in the business and maybe have some trenches, what would you, what advice you would share with him or her on that? On, the, on starting a business and have challenges? Yeah, or in a business right now and want to be successful one day just like you are and, you know, still live in the beginning of the journey, right? What would you tell him or her? Uh, start small. Start small. Uh, a lot of, uh, uh, a theme or uh, a, a phrase a lot of people know is the MVP, the minimum viable product. Start small. Mm. Start small. Um, try you know a lot of very common these days for startups. You mm -hmm. know to get outside investors. Mm -hmm. I've 
I'm not saying I don't believe in startups, but it's a, I think it's a new found um, kind of mm-hmm. structure that I'm, I'm not, not too uh, keen on. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to start something, start it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to start it, start small mm-hmm. and build it. Mm-hmm. And why lose ownership of your company for outside investors? Start small, build it little by little mm-hmm. and don't give up. That's huge. Amazing. Anything else, anything else you want to share, Marcus, that I have not asked today? I can't think of anything else. Um, mm. I, I, I do give uh, other discussions um, at other high schools in Austin area, and I love, I love doing that. And that's also part of me teaching, <laughs> right? And, and I truly love doing that and seeing yeah. these kids respond mm-hmm. uh, when I present to them and mm-hmm. talk to them, seeing them light up and seeing them participate. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me a tremendous satisfaction. Even even if what I'm telling them is very small mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, it's little things that I tell them that I can see them light up and I get the feedback from their teachers and their mm-hmm. peers that you know they're presenting with so much more you know finesse now and they're super more involved at least mm-hmm. for these two days that you were you know that you've been here you know and it, and it gives me gives me a lot of a lot of satisfaction to do that so you know that's seeing doing those kind of things really mm-hmm. set off a light bulb in my head say hey i need i really want to teach mm-hmm. and it took me a while to realize that so that's one thing that's important for me because mm-hmm. so, i do it every day with employees right mm-hmm. i don't want, i wouldn't say i teach them but i i guide and i mentor mm-hmm. And, you know, doing it for younger kids, mm-hmm. you know, it's is incredibly um, rewarding for me. You're such a people leader. You have such a heart to giving, to inspire and to in- empower the next generation, which is just so admirable. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, uh, Marcus, for being here today. Share your story. Oh, my goodness. I am so touched. I'm so inspired. Truly, thank you so much for your time, for being here. And also, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. We truly hope that you enjoyed the show. And we cannot wait to see you next week. Bye, guys. 